You're listening to 91.7 FM, WSUW, in Whitewater, Wisconsin. You're listening to Rashkin Report. You're listening to WSUW 91.7 FM, The Edge in Whitewater, Wisconsin. This is Yuri Rashkin, and you're listening to Rashkin Report. And I'm excited to welcome back to the program Slava Rabinovich, a news and financial analyst uh, based in Moscow, Russia, is joining us via Skype. Slava, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Yuri. Um, thank you for having me back. Looking at the situation in Russia, and it seems like it is getting... Um, and of course, we're used to hearing the word Russia now in the context of... Uh, our elections and Donald Trump, and, and we'll get to that, all of that, in, in, a, in a second. But first, situation in Russia itself, uh, as far as civil society, appears to be maybe not quite as bad as Turkey, but is certainly uh, crumbling with the recent arrest of a prominent uh, theater director, Kirill Serbrinkov, uh, who was, uh, you know, just a, a huge star in artistic scene, and, and now he is. So far, appears to be under house arrest, but he could be looking at real jail terms. Um, wh- what are your thoughts about uh, these, all of these developments, uh, and where Russia is headed these days? Well, Yuri, as I said before, and I will repeat again, <clears throat> Russia has turned into a full-blown fascist state um, of the uh, modern 21st century um, version of. Uh, uh, Mussolini um, um, or the likes. It, it's difficult, of course, to compare it like for like with with the Mussolini regime, but I, I, I guess that it's probably the mo- the closest that you can compare it with. And um, um, the the um, the um, our peculiarity of and and severity and 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 the danger of this situation is that um, it's not only uh, a Mussolini, a political um, personality, a, a, po- a, a, a pol- like politician uh, who uh, came to power and became a dictator um, and, and with a fascist ideology. This is somewhat different. This is a is 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 a fascist ideology and a dictatorship uh, coming not from a politician, but coming from a mafia, which actually took control of all uh, levers of power, turning the whole state into a fascist mafia state. Um, another comparison is probably. Um, to think about it as a somewhat a mix between a fascist dictatorship of, of uh, Mussolini combined with the, um, let's say, um, mafia of the U.S., Chicago, and the likes of 1930s, taking power in the United States and installing their own president, their own vice president, their own members of Congress, um, and their own um, attorney general, and so on. So 
so that that's that, that's probably as close as you can get in the um, description of what happened in Russia. And on top of that, um, this mixture of fascist dictatorship and mafia uh, taking charge of the state. On top of that, they also took controls of uh, uh, the second in the world um, largest nuclear arsenal. This is what is Russia is about. And um, the recent uh, uh, detention and arrest of the world-renowned um, theater and movie director is uh, just another another um, step on the path that is um, overridden by this formula of um, um, mafia fascist dictatorship with nuclear weapons. Slava, I have to ask you, when you, you use word fascist quite a bit, and can you explain what, what meaning do you put into that? What is a fascist state to you? Uh, it is um, um, a, an illegal, legalistic, oppressive dictatorship that produces and, and churns out, uh, is churning out uh, a set of um, illegal, unconstitutional laws that become actually laws of this state uh, under which um, those people who took the power can intimidate, prosecute, and actually eliminate people who are not in agreement with it. It is also a, a marriage between the so-called state and uh, uh, the business, which which must suck up to the the dictator and 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 the entire dictatorship. Um, it is uh, um, anti-human, anti-constitutional, um, um, anti-human rights, anti-everything. Uh, in fact, anybody who would uh, read up on um, how the fascism in Italy developed under Mussolini um, will understand what I actually mean. But as I said before, it's not only, it's not, it's not the closest equivalent of that. It is worse than that because on top of that you have uh, mafia taking over um, uh, everything, and and uh, um, and also possessing nuclear weapons, and and so so you have this probably. A really unique in the history of mankind situation. It, it, it is the, mo the most dangerous thing that uh, um, the entire world is actually facing, and many people do not realize that. And um, uh, I am very concerned that so many so many people do not realize what, what's actually going on. Slava, <clears throat> Slava, let me ask you then: when when you look at uh, the situation of, um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, worsening. Uh, violations of, you know, I guess whatever is left of civil society, uh, with uh, all the branches of government not working, but the repressions continue to, to seem to be escalating and, and situation, I think, um, 
by most people's accounts, is getting worse, whether it's politically or economically or you know, socially, it's getting more restrictive. Um, how much of that is due, do you feel, by the actions or inactions of United States, both uh, with the State Department uh, that is, has more of a kind of lights-out approach, um, and uh, the sanctions, on the other hand, that are supposedly uh, squeezing the regime? Well, as um, the State Department, along with CIA and other um, other branches of power and organizations in in the U.S., as much as they could not predict uh, the the fall of the Soviet Union and were at a complete loss about what has happened then, um, I believe they are. Uh, running with the same in the same state of illusion um, of what's going on in Russia right now, and they're not taking it seriously. Unfortunately, um, um, when we're talking about sanctions, for example, um, everybody understands. I mean, everybody who are not prone to the Russian propaganda, but rather looks at it objectively everybody understands why these sanctions were instituted what they are designed to achieve and so on but I believe that the set of sanctions uh, is not enough and um, sometimes it's actually misguided and, and misleading in terms of their goals and aims I, I believe that uh, late Boris Nemtsov, who was gunned down on the 27th of February of 2015, uh, right near the Kremlin, um, my friend and my actually apartment neighbor, uh, he, he was uh, for um, much more uh, so-called personal sanctions, uh, sanctions against those individuals uh, who um, uh, violate. Uh, human rights, who violate international agreements, um, who violate, um, 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 you know, the, the territorial sovereignty of neighboring states, uh, those who commit um, domestic and international crimes in terms of uh, theft, money laundering, uh, murdering people like Sergei Magnitsky, and so on and so forth. So, yes, uh, there is a so-called um, Magnitsky Act in the U.S., but I believe that um, this Magnitsky Act and similar uh, uh, laws should have been uh, adopted uh, and more um, people sh uh, in Russia should have uh, been put on this san personal sanctions lists, um, um, including, by the way, um, all of the top managers of all state-owned Russian media companies. These are not journalists. They are not journalists at all. These are uh, people who um, are engaged in propaganda and uh, um, spreading hate and lies and... Uh, if they were sanctioned, uh, that would have uh, given them a strong message that this type of behavior 
um, in the Russian mass media will not go um, unnoticed by the international community and, and will not go unpunished. Um, so um, I think that uh, the U.S. in particular and uh, um, G7 and other countries in general could have done much, much more in terms of uh, sanctions over the last three years. Slava, then, what are your thoughts on um, the connection uh, between, uh, you know, the, the, the Mueller investigation, I guess, would be the simplest way to say it. Um, do you feel that uh, this is justified, or do you feel that uh, it is not a likely scenario that, uh, you know, uh, that uh, Trump may have had connections with Russia based on your financial experience? Um, well, it would be extremely difficult um, to judge um, uh, for um, me and, and for people like myself uh, what would be uh, difference uh, and and where is the line between what's legal, what is illegal, in terms of the dealings of Mr. Trump um, before and after he became the president, especially before. I mean, he was not a governor of any state or a senator or a congressman um, or a mayor. Um, if, if we were talking about, uh, for example, Michael Bloomberg as a, a potential presidential candidate who would have won primaries and then won presidency and became the president. Um, his company, Bloomberg LLP, is present in Russia in the entire financial sector, but nobody can say that Bloomberg uh, himself, Michael Bloomberg, um, is somebody who... Uh, had some dealings uh, in in any shape or form with any kind of uh, potential, uh, um, you know, uh, people from the Putin's administration, uh, from the, the state, from the Russian state, uh, with somebody uh, with with so-called oligarchs who are close to Putin and so on and so forth. His Bloomberg terminals are um, in every single financial institution across Russia, in uh, Moscow, in St. Petersburg, and you know, Novosibirsk, and in, in, in other major cities, in banks and f other financial institutions. With Trump, is much more difficult because he, he um, was a, um, a real estate mogul who who um, traveled the world and uh, uh, had dealings in many countries, including many countries in emerging markets, uh, including those countries uh, where uh, the so-called normal course of business is actually not allowed for U.S. citizens, for U.S. citizens, citizens, by, uh, uh, pursuant to the U.S. Uh, Foreign Corruption Act. And um, therefore, you have to look into um, whether these 
dealings uh, of Mr. Trump uh, in Russia before he became president were legal or illegal, uh, if, if, and even if they were legal from the U.S. standpoint, um, whether whether these dealings being legal uh, uh, forced him into some kind of obligations, financial or moral, or just, you know, by way of giving a word or by ways of friendship or by ways of some other uh, sorts of obligations, um, whether his hands were tied by this or not. And, and then um, what was happening when he was already elected but not inaugurated yet? And, and, and what kind of obligations, if any, he has after he was uh, sworn into the office? This, uh, of course, is up to the investigators in the U.S. to uh, dissect and then present to the Congress and the Senate and to the probably to to the likes of um, even Attorney General, if need be. Uh, but U.S. of course has entered into a very uh, interesting zone due to the prehistory of this president. And uh, as it looks on the surface, I believe that there are uh, people on actually understand what has been happening, what is happening now. And uh, um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's back way, uh, way back in, in, the, uh, in January. On the 15th of January, before uh, Trump was actually inaugurated, I wrote uh, my text on Facebook, um, which became very popular. Uh, this post was reposted many, many times. I predicted that it is with a huge probability one can actually say that the next president of the United States could be Mike Pence on the premise that Trump may not be able to see through the end of his first term. And uh, I was ba ba I based my, um, not a prediction, but rather, you know, a possibility of this happening on the fact that the reality and the perception is sometimes different. But once the perception takes over, then it may not cause the real effect of X, Y, Z, but it may cause some events, A, B, C, which may cause X, Y, Z. In other words, how it works. Let's say that Trump has done nothing illegal. Let's say that none of his, anybody of, uh, of his team has done anything illegal. But all of a sudden, there is a this wall of allegations that um, there is this uh, part partly humorous and uh, hashtag in the U.S. which is called "The Russians Did It," which reads "The Russians Did It." And once you have this uh, hashtag "The Russians Did It," you have uh, people right, left, and center saying. Oh, really? 
<laughs> probably the Russians did it. And then the next thing that you know, that people from the uh, pre-election team and from the uh, president administration team once he took office, they've been called to the hearings on Capitol Hill. And the more they are called, the more people are there for hearings, the more there is a probability of them lying about something under oath. And so the hashtag, hashtag the Russians did it itself may not be the cause. It may be a somewhat of an uh, accelerator to something. But even if it's not the cause, then you have a number of people with a higher probability of being called for uh, to, to, to testify, therefore higher probability for them lying, and then a higher probability for them being prosecuted for their, for their lying under oath. And as we know, um, the situation with uh, Clinton was not about what color of the dress Monica Lewinsky had. It had everything to do with lies under oath. So therefore, this, you know, I back in, in, in the middle of January, I wrote this post about that, that you just uh, go about probabilities of, 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 of this hashtag, the Russians did it, unleashing this chain of events, which will in the end, will cause some people or a number of people to lie under oath and what happens next. So would you say that, uh, according to our president, winning is everything and losing is the worst thing that can happen. Do you feel that Russia is winning right now? Well, um, I would uh, separate, of course, Russia and Putin and, and Putin's regime. But I believe that um, on one hand, Putin and his regime, of course, lost. It's only on one hand. I will explain what, what on the other hand. Um, it, it's lost because by throwing public support uh, behind uh, one particular candidate and then uh, breaking into U.S. computer systems in a way that everybody knows and being accused of all of that, um, it created the situation where Trump, even in his desire to become friends with Putin and, men, and, and, and improve relations with Russia and uh, um, uh, say, you know, hell with the, with the Ukraine and let's divide up the world as it was divided uh, in um, Yalta uh, in uh, uh, mid-1940s, he was, he, he was running in this corridor and this corridor was completely narrowing. It was becoming more and more and more narrow because Putin and his people did what they did. If they actually did not um, do anything about U.S. elections and Trump would have won, then nobody in the U.S. would have been able to accuse Trump that he has some obligations to pay back Putin and therefore he has to relax 
sanctions or eliminate them completely and uh, and blah 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 and but otherwise there is a perception that he has to pay back and once there is this per- perception he cannot possibly pay back because otherwise he w- would be impeached and therefore that's why i'm saying that the corridor where trump is running towards russia is actually becoming n- narrower and narrower with each of his steps um that's how Putin's regime lost. How Putin's regime won is because uh, Putin has designed his activities in uh, geopolitics in such a way where um, money and uh, bribing and uh, deception and uh, um, uh, you know, these kind of things, they actually make miracles among many people, including uh, acting and existing heads of state, including such people as former Chancellor of Germany, Schroeder. And and so um, that's on one hand. On the other hand, the more the entire world is in flux, the better Putin's regime operates because the world in flux does not have enough time and resources to to do anything about problems in Russia, for example, um, in terms of, you know, human rights violations, in terms of um, actually recognizing or not recognizing the elections, the Russian elections. In, into the Russian parliament, the so-called parliament, the presidential elections. If the world is in flux, it doesn't have time, resources, knowledge uh, uh, about these things. And um, the situation where the U.S. is in flux, it, it's probably the most important for Putin because U.S. probably has the most um, w- weight in, in 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 the whole picture uh, for Putin and his gang, and uh, if you, the U.S. is engaged in uh, their own um, dealings with Trump, Congress, you know, Attorney General, possibly um, process of impeachment, and as a minimum, investigations in the Trump's Russian dealings, all of that. All of this creates uh, chaos and puts uh, the U.S. in flux either somewhat or could be to a much greater extent. That is part of a good thing that could happen to the Putin's regime in terms of uh, what they can do when the U.S. is not watching. So I say uh, both. Uh, Putin's regime... One on one hand and lost on the other. Uh, Slava, going forward, um, considering what's going on, and uh, you know, Russia obviously wants to respond in some way, but they mostly are successful at punishing their own uh, residents and citizens, um, as well as uh, promulgating some kind of nefarious schemes. Uh, whether it's cyber hacking or, I guess, buying up politicians and sponsoring extremist politicians, 
um, as well as uh, having wars with its neighbors, you know, hybrid wars or whatever you want to call them. Uh, going forward, do you see the situation continuing as kind of more of the same, or do you think that the regime uh, pushed in the corner uh, can do something more drastic? And what do you, what, what could that be? Well, I just don't know, Yuri. Um, the The problem is that once I could have predicted um, the direction and the magnitude of the fall in the price of oil in 2014, based on what I knew back then, and uh, also predicted the um, ruble exchange rate in the short to medium term, which actually halved in value, um, now... I cannot really predict what, what would happen to, with the regime, when and how. And this is because Putin and his um, bandits, they dismantled the state um, and they also dismantled, dismantled five key elements um, of, of, of the state. Um, three of them are three independent branches of power. He dismantled not only the independence, but he dismantled uh, the the entire branches uh, of power. Uh, we don't have um, a court system. Uh, the judicial system is in ruins. We don't have a parliament because this is not a, a, a real parliament. We even don't have a, 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 a president as an institute of presidency because he, he is not really a president in that sense. Um, he also dismantled the institute of institution of uh, um, free, fair, and democratic elections. He dismantled uh, the uh, uh, peaceful democratic um, change of power as an institution. And because of these five major institutions are all gone, um, we can only. Um, um, uh, we can only say that the regime um, will fall um, in uh, when when there will be some kind of a combination of of the so-called black swan events. Uh, but the whole um, um, nature of uh, black swan theory is that uh, nobody knows where, how, in which direction, and what would be the uh, uh, gist of it. And so, therefore, um, we cannot predict. So, Putin uh, dismantled all the in institutions that would have enabled us to predict anything. And he made um, everything possible for the combination of black swan type of events to destroy everything. And therefore, th the prediction uh, power is... Um, close to zero and uh, the um, how it's going to happen is actually um, uh, based on on the combination of black swan which we, uh, swan type of events which by definition is unpredictable that's that's the whole uh, both beauty um, in in a sense and and uh, awful uh, situation uh, on the other hand, and obviously it uh, translates into an, a no-zone, uh, a toxic place for every single investor in the world because 
you one cannot predict what kind of return you can get um what kind what kind of risk you must take um for this return what would be um the time horizon and what could be the exit strategy all of this is is completely gone so but, but that's more uh, about uh, the internals of the system and and it's you know it's uh, gloomy but what do you feel are the likely actions of the system going out? Can they do anything? Or are you saying that the, all the variables on the inside are crushing it and limiting its ability to do damage on the outside? Well, on the outside, um, it's uh, really interesting what kind of research now we have, uh, including the U.S. sources. Um, it is estimated that um, the Russian so-called elite, I hate to use this word because this is not actually an elite in a society of, you know, less than 1% of kleptocrats. Uh, so I hate to call them the elite. But in any case, even if you use this word, the combined wealth of the Russian elite, which is less than 1% of, 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 of Russia, keeps uh, about... Uh, 65, 67 trillion rubles in ruble equivalent, of course, in a non-ruble currency, a offshore out of Russia. Um, so it's about $1 trillion. And this is about three times the Russian uh, gold reserves. This is um, uh, not only gold, I mean hot currency and gold reserves. This is about 100% or, or actually more, more than uh, uh, Russian GDP. And so one can actually say in uh, um, like even a funny form that you had your own elite. I mean, if you say on behalf of the U.S., for example, right, or on behalf of the combined the West, or if you, you can say on behalf of the entire world, if you uh, co combine it with offshore jurisdictions, you can say you had your own elite at some point. Now your elite is actually ours. We privatized your elite. They have $1 trillion with us, not with you, Russia, with us. So therefore, this elite... Um, again, I hate to use this word, <laughs> with $1 trillion owned by the so-called elite outside of Russia, what do you think, Yuri, they will want to do to the rest of the world where they keep their money? They'll probably want to be nice to it. Well, to say the least, and it makes even um, even less possible for Putin to do any stupid things. But on the other hand, Putin is stuck in his um, in his place because he knows once he is no longer president that he obviously, I mean, he is not fighting for power or the money anymore. He is fighting for his freedom and his life. And it, it will be impossible to drive him out of power. Um, uh, while he's alive, he'll be 
flinching to this um, so-called presidency um, until the last breath um, before he is dead. That's for sure. I, I see no other way. And um, that's that actually makes him go against this so-called elite and the elite going against him at some point. Um, in fact, I know for sure, hundred percent, that the the not the vast majority, but probably all of these people, they want to turn the clock back and do, you know, to to to, to, to do away with what has happened over the, the last three plus years and and go back straight from 2017 in in 2013 pre-Ukraine, pre-annexation of Crimea, pre-sanctions to continue to um, steal in Russia and put the stolen goods, cash, and assets outside of Russia. That's what they want to do. And and uh, I don't know how this conflict will play out, but um, there are just too many people and too much of the wealth, which is actually not earned, but stolen, which uh, actually play a huge factor in in this uh, possible rift between this so-called elite and Putin and his, you know, probably five closest cronies that, that um, have as much to lose as, as Putin himself in terms of uh, life and freedom, but other thousands and thousands of families um, that created their lives around um, their mansions in south of France, Italy, Miami, and so on. These people they desperately want to turn back time and go into 2013 and. Uh, a re, uh, uh, get into a status quo of at least 2013. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen with with this situation. Um, and again, the, the, this will be resolved probably with the help of some sort of combination of black swan type of events. Slava Rabinovich uh, joining us. Um, actually, I should have been more accurate. From deep in the forest of Karelia uh, towards uh, Finland over there with the amazing internet connection. Uh, Slava, anything you'd want to mention in conclusion? This is uh, it's, it's very interesting. So let's, let's see if we can uh, keep up with the black swans and, and keep the track of them. But uh, anything else you'd want to say in conclusion? Well, in conclusion, uh, uh, your... Uh, radio um, uh, listeners should um, write a letter to um, their congressman and to their senator and actually say, uh, we are concerned about um, what's happening in Russia uh, in terms of uh, the crimes that are committed by the Putin's regime um, in areas of um, uh, Russian 
constitution and and violations of it in terms of human rights, in terms of um, our own um, interests as U.S. citizens because um, U.S. interests lie um, with uh, um, free and democratic and friendly Russia as uh, a possessor of the second after the U.S. Uh, arsenal of nuclear weapons, um, um, we um, want more sanctions rather than less, but we want these sanctions to be addressed not against the Russian people, but rather against those individuals in the Putin's regime that uh, um, are responsible for all these crimes. Um, well... I've been a U.S. citizen, um, once wrote a letter to my senator in the state of New York about something, and I got a response, and after that, uh, um, something, what I was writing about has actually happened. So maybe this would be my very, very small, um, uh, small playing a small part in what you and your listeners could do from from, from your end. Absolutely. Uh, Slava, thank you so much. I think that uh, uh, being active citizens and being involved, uh, that's, you know, I, I always say you don't have to do politics. So it will still, politics will still do you. Uh, so it's, it's important to be involved and express your opinion, whatever it is. Uh, Slava, thank you so much for joining us once again, and uh, all the best. Thank you very much, Yuri. You're listening to 91.7 FM, WSUW, in Whitewater, Wisconsin. You're listening to Rashkin Report.